Hello, friends. Have you ever come home after a hard day of work or on the road and said, I could really use a drink, but I'm not feeling beer or booze? Well, if we got your answer, Naughty Soda. Naughty Soda is a hard soda with an ABV of 5%. It's all natural and gluten-free. We make it with natural fruit juices, natural spices, and sweeten them with agave nectar. We also make a non-alcoholic version for those of you who don't want all the alcohol. 100% natural, hard soda. ABV, 5%. Naughty Soda, coming soon to you. Hello, and welcome to another ultra-special episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast. This episode, the boys have author of M-Theory, Brockton McKinney on. They talk to him all about the comic and many other things as well. This should be a right good show. Sit back, grab a beer mosa or two, and enjoy Brockton and the Boys. See you at the end. What's going on? This is really funky. All right. Is that working? Yeah, I can hear you. And I think I just turned up the levels. There we go. Oh, there we go. I think our setup can hear you too. All right. Turn turn it down on the, on the keyboard thing. Yeah. I'm trying. I don't know how much farther. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you guys? We're good. A little confused. We've never used this Skype thing before, and this whole setup we got going in my uh, office here is um, kind of a disaster. But hey, it works. Right on, yeah, man. Way to go. We, I've never done it. Uh, I don't ever do the video. I don't know. Are you guys getting video feeds from me? Probably not. No, we just had yeah. your static picture of you and two other guys standing there. Yeah, yeah. I don't have it set for the the video portion. I found that uh, it works a little easier for me if I cut the video feed because then the audio comes through pretty clean. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, why you're not getting us very well? Because. I'm looking at our ugly mugs talking right now. Oh, no, you guys know. It looks great. Yeah, you guys are fine. On my end, for some reason, when I've done them before, if I have the video running, then it'll tend to cut in and out. Maybe it's my wireless or something. But if I keep it just on audio, it's pretty straight. Oh, okay, cool. Whatever works, man. I'm getting feedback. Down, down. Down? Down, yeah. And you guys take your time. Get your level set however you need to do it, man. I am in no hurry. You know how to work your keyboard? Yes, I know how to work my keyboard. Oh, no, see, now we're getting nothing. Now we're getting... Oh, because it's all the way down now. Alright. Alright. Hey, say something, Brock. Alright, how's that going? How's that sound? Testing. Testing. Sibilance. It'll <laughs> <laughs> work. Alright. So have you had a chance to check out the podcast yet? Uh, no. No, I hadn't. This is this will be it for me. This is my inaugural uh, uh, voyage on you guys' stuff. Oh, well, you, you, after you get done uh, recording this, you should go and plop down and listen to a couple of episodes while you're writing something out or something. Yeah, man. Well, that'll 31. be. I'm going to go through the archives. Why 31? That's, um, oh, that's, Jason. That that's Jason and Chris, yeah. Oh, yeah, that would we be We did one one. with the um, guys who made Morningside Monster. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually probably one of our better ones. Or, or he could listen to one with Talon. Oh, we did one with fantasy artist Talon Dunning. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. I listen to a ton of podcasts. I, I generally have them running, uh, you know, because like you said, when you're writing, just hanging out, they end up being pretty perfect. Yeah, they're great uh, background noise. Absolutely. We're, ours is perfect background noise. Ours <laughs> basically is background noise. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I, I liked your, uh, the, 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 uh, Sorry, I'm still waking up. 
No way, man. It's okay. I'm the same way. I just got up, poured myself a beer mosa, ready to go. Uh, beer mosa? Yeah. I hope that's not beer and orange juice, man. Yeah, beer and orange juice. It sounds disgusting, but it is super delicious in the morning. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take your word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no other way to do it. Unless you drink one, I was the same way. I was like, what? No, I'm not putting beer in my orange juice. Disgusting. As soon as I had it, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yep. That's it. I got it. Don't worry, Bert. He'll have one by the end of the day. More than likely. Well, no, I don't have any orange juice. My refrigerator died, man. <laughs> hey, I heard about that. You you actually brew beer as well, right? Yeah, I brew beer and I'm uh, brewing a, a soda, too. Nice. Yeah. The uh, soda lines an all natural one that'll be uh, fermented. So down here in Georgia, it's considered a uh, it's going to be considered a wine. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool, cool man. It'll be five percent yeah. alcohol. Very cool. Yeah, I gotta ask since you're having the beer mosa, what beer do you have in it? It's a uh, uh, Bud Light Lime because it goes well with the, the orange juice part. You put them in it, and it's like real light. If you put anything heavy, like, you know, a stout, an IPA, any of that with it, yes, it's pretty disgusting. But this like a little bit lighter beer in there, and it just, it's honestly refreshing. I like to get really hydrated in the morning by drinking maybe five cups of coffee and then having beer moses. All right, that works. My, my coffee mug is about two and a half, three cups of coffee anyways. So yeah. I'm currently empty. I'm currently <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I really did like the, that the, the comic that I read online, man. It's good stuff. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. We, we're real happy with that. That's like probably the work I'm most proud of, uh, M-Theory. Yeah, that's uh, that was really cool. And, of course, his uh, banner, I saw you, you got a big kick out of that there. Dude, it's brilliant. Yeah, I think a bunch of other people picked it up as well and started running it. I saw it on Tumblr and somewhere else. I was like, what? That's awesome. Nice. So people really liked it, man. Great job. You're going to be world famous. Again? Yeah. Again. <laughs> I'll put on my resume. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I've gotten through the first four issues. Not real sure where it's going. This it's a weird one. It's, a, it's it, a kind of a cliffhanger ending. Yeah, yeah. Not to give any spoilers, but... um. Yeah, how far out has you got this thing planned? You have an overall story arc you're going for? Or? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we got probably about 70 issues in us. We we know where the end of it is, and uh, and that was the weird thing about the uh, the pacing for it was the way that Action Lab puts out comics. They do them in arcs of between three and five, and then they take a break and they come back for the next set. But we had initially already, I had the first 12 issues plotted out. I'd envisioned it as a monthly series. So I had to go back and sort of tighten up those first four because what they do is they only, they pick you up for four issues. So if we didn't do well enough, there wouldn't be a second series, a second volume. Um, so I had to go in and sort of pull a bunch of the, the elements back together for those first four issues. And so it does kind of end on a cliffhanger, but it, it ended originally on even more of a cliffhanger where you hadn't even met uh, Gabe's father yet. And so I was like, no, I don't want to leave so much of that hanging. Uh, so I pulled it in, pulled that into issue three and did some serious rewrites so that we could make sure that people felt like they got a, a one full story in those first four issues. Oh, that answers my other question. I was going to say it. it the only problem I had was that it was uh, it seemed like there was some stuff that was rushed. That's exactly right. It was hyper accelerated. It was like uh, 
I think I squeezed not every single element, but I squeezed about, you know, six or seven issues into those first four because I needed to just get through. I had to cut the fat from that first issue. That one was sprawling originally. And uh, and so I had to cut those out and make sure that, that we had something. Because you, you get one shot. That was the thing, too, is like, they were like, we, we believe in it. We hope it does well. But if the numbers aren't there, the numbers aren't there. So we just cut it down, got it pretty lean. And I did, you know, the pacing. That was the thing, though, too, is getting out of this one and going into the second volume. We knew what we were getting into. So it's much more evenly paced and uh, and didn't feel as rushed. Because they talk, they, they go back and reference the first issue where he comes into the, the uh, zombie town and uh, they make it sound like it was a lot more than what was given in the book. Yeah. Yeah, that had a whole nother uh, section in the second issue that explained why there is zombie midgets. You know, kind of coming in, like gave the the origin story for that, and it got pushed to, I think it's like issue ten right now. It it does, it comes back around, um, and it does get explained. But it's one of those ones where you're like, you're just not gonna explain it. You're not gonna tell us why there were zombie midgets in the in the graveyard. But it it does, it comes back around. But it's that's one of the big elements that got cut. Hey, but aren't there always zombie midgets in the graveyard? I like to believe so, and I love that you said that. So that that's it right there. That's enough explanation. Some things don't need to be explained. They just need to be handled. Yeah, yeah. it's a carnival town. That's no. where they bury their midgets. Yeah, say there you go, right there. Yeah. See, carnival town zombie midgets. I mean, they go hand in hand. They really do. They really do. They're like beer and orange juice. And if they're going to be zombies in a town, what kind of zombies are going to be? Carnival zombies. Yeah. Zombies. Yeah, absolutely. Works for me. Zombies with very small hands. Very small hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They When they did the... Uh, the diamond distribution byline stuff for that one, they wouldn't let me say the word midgets. And uh, and I was like, wow, really? And they're like, yeah, you just can't say can't say midgets. And I was like, okay. Oh, yeah. I, so what'd you yeah. say, little person zombies? You say little person, that's exactly what it says. It says little people return from the grave. Okay, and, uh, well that at least, I mean, that's right. yeah, I mean, at least it wasn't, you know, completely blown out like uh, undead little people return from. You know. <laughs> right. They didn't. It wasn't some long ass that. Yeah, can't totally. Say zombie anymore because it's politically incorrect. Yeah, who came up with that? Come up with what now? Zombie is now politically incorrect. Zombie is. Yeah. Wow. Every day, something new. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm trying to figure out who the moron but, is that came up with that one. Yeah. We got to apologize to all our little people listeners. Do we have any? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry? I, I mean, I just, it's just not that word. I think it's a funny word. I like the idea of it, but I think it's like the funny in the way that it's like, you know, phonetically said or whatever. It's like midgets, but like monkey. There's just certain words that like are funny to me when I say them, and that's like one of them, you know? So if you put certain words together, it's always going to make me laugh. And, uh, you yeah, know, anything yes. with midgets, monkeys, weasels. Uh, honestly, the word penis pretty much gets me every single time, too. So stick any of those words with the word penis and you're done. That's it for me. I'm laughing. Yeah, I, 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 I know what you're talking about there, man. Yep. That sounds like a new series for him. <laughs> what, midget monkey penis? Yeah. <laughs> hey, all right, that's copyrighted. Dads of now. <laughs> that's okay. You can have that one. Thank you. I'll share it with you. No way. That's a 50-50 thing. Oh, sure. I Just give me a couple of copies and I'm good. You got it. You got it. <laughs> I don't know if I, if I want it. Uh, give me a sticker. I'll just put it on my window. There we go. People just yeah, look yeah. at it from outside going, ew. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I had gotten, I downloaded the first four issues on uh, Comixology. I didn't think I'd really care for that format so much, but it, it works very well on my little uh, Android tablet. Yeah, me too, man. I, I love those guys, and uh, I'd be the first person, too, to say that I always want to hold the physical book in my hand. Um, but I, I, sh I love like waking up on like a Thursday morning and being able to download five issues that I want to read, you know, on my pad and then going in. You of course, I still go to the comic book store, but I might get three of those um, that I want, you know, to, to keep the actual issues of. So it's pretty amazing how cool digital comics are for us and a real wide reaching um, we had someone contact us from South Africa and they were like, man, we love M theory and my friends love M theory. And we, and they just gotten it through digital, through comiXology. There's like, you know, no way that especially action lab being like sort of the indie independent producers they are would be able to send comic books that far that it would make it that far. So having a digital way to get people the books and the material has just been amazing. People thought that was going to be the death of the printed comic, but honestly, I think it just, helps them along because you can yeah you can read it online and if you're a collector like i am uh you can buy a copy and sit it in your box never look at it because you've got it online absolutely i mean there's like it can't be the death of print because people love holding the books you there's a certain way that you know the book smells when you open it up there's a certain thing about going in the comic book store and like pulling the the issues with your own hands and putting them in the bags and having your long boxes and you can't replace that no. um but being able to do that kind of advertising and letting people sample stuff especially like with m theory where you're normally paying three to four dollars for a printed issue um, they've got it for you know 99 cent on Comixology because the overhead's so low, and that lets so many other people read it that would have never known about it. And when you're when you're just getting started and you're trying to get your book out there, that's just key. Can't yeah, knock it. It's it's a great marketing tool for y'all. Absolutely. I'm just gonna give me a long box and put tablets in it. <laughs> I get a lot of money. Yeah, I will eventually. You just get a long box, but one tablet. I get a short long box. <laughs> it's a short long, box. short long box like 10 or 15 tablets that's what is that thousands of issues that'd be amazing with the kindle had the kindle the ipad the, the android tablet well you can just get the android and just get a bunch of the uh the yes. little sd cards oh yeah and so you can have a, a really really tiny long box. long box filled with sd cards anyway this is gonna be a bitch that's yeah. the thinnest long box ever <laughs> <laughs> oh we can't because we use sd cards for the recorders but that would be in a different box. Oh. <laughs> I can't find the 8 gig cards anymore. Oh, you can't? Yeah. I have a 16 gig in my phone. I got, this, I got 16 and 32. It's fine. Oh, yeah, dude. I use those like crazy. I've got everything from 2s to 32s laying around this place. I'm moving stuff around and putting stuff in Dropbox and bringing it between computers. It's invaluable to me. Yeah, I, apparently I'm being forced into the 21st century because I now have this and... Uh, Dropbox and um, I've got my Twitter uh, so I was happy to live in the 20th century with only a third of the stuff but, you know, <laughs> yeah what are you absolutely do? oh I know the feeling man I know the feeling I have a um, flat screen TV now too I do have a flat screen TV uh oh that's it you're done man that's it <laughs> well it was it was from the store when I had my beer store so nice so that closed and I had to take I didn't want to get rid of it so I took it with me no way bring it home heck yeah and I've got a I guess it's not really a surround sound setup but I got a you know the, the receiver and the speakers and the whole yeah 
You got to set it up around you for it to surround sound. Yeah, and if I did that, I trip over the wires all the time, so it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the plans for the? Um, I know you have another comic that's in the works. Uh, yeah, I got a couple of things. Uh, we've got um, we've got this one called John Body Hunter Intergalactic Mofo. As I'm shortening that, and it um, it comes out uh, the end of this year, and I'm, I'm thinking it's like the the last quarter, and it's just super fun, just real weird. A, a lot of ideas that we came up with in theory, and I know it sounds crazy, but we were like, ah, we can't put that in there. That just doesn't make any sense, and that's the stuff that kind of made it into John Body Hunter. And so there's like a a shark lops. He's a shark cyclops that fights people and. That kind of, you know, like weird stuff like that. We were like, that's just too weird even for M-Theory. So we stuck it in John Body Hunter. So that that comes out at the end of the year. And um, I actually, I'm not, I had to sign non-disclosure for this, but I, I think I can talk about it. Um, uh, I got a job uh, writing on a Queen comic book for the band Queen. Oh, and wow. It's just super weird. Yeah, and they, um, they wanted, like, stories that maybe weren't exactly uh you know not about like the the band playing on stage or something but just cool ideas for this big anthology book they're coming out with and so i um i pitched them freddie mercury as a super spy freddie mercury agent of champion and they uh they picked it up and so they i think gets announced in march and that'll again be probably end of the year kind of stuff but that's the three big projects for this year that's pretty cool man yeah, it was super cool. I was going crazy. I've been just listening to the yeah, Queen. They put out. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd definitely pick that up too. All right. It's very reminiscent of the uh, old Kiss comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, oh those yeah, and I love those things. I would buy any of that stuff. You know, I was just so into it. So to have any little hand in it, I was like, oh my god, it's Queen. So I just like put it on. I I don't think I've ever worked that hard. I had two weeks to prepare the pitch, and I, I swear to you, it was like you know, twelve hours a day, like the the three greatest hits albums by Queen, just blaring while I was just typing away, working on stuff, moving stuff around. Oh, this I want this so bad. I never really sweat the pitches, but I I worried about that one pretty hard until they got back to me. I could see you sitting in there. We just you can't hear anything but Queen. <laughs> that, was <Blair. laughs> that was it, man. It was Blair, and I was like, "Dude, this is gonna be awesome." It was like it's Freddie Mercury, and he's like, you know, fighting the bad guy, and the, the bad guy's named Scott Amush, and uh, we'll just we'll, we'll put all this stuff in there. And they act, they're actually running like a, a reference contest to it. I just jammed it full of stuff, and they were like, "If you can pick out the person who picks out the most references, like wins some kind of Queen memorabilia." I think so. That'll be real neat. Oh, that'd be cool too. Yeah, because I'm pretty short on Queen Memorabilia, so I can go in there and get my greatest hits album and look. And... Yeah, there you go. You have to go <laughs> yeah, buy the other two. Actually, I have the entire Queen catalog. So. Oh, well, there you can see the uh, only thing to yeah. worry about it. Absolutely. So yeah, so that stuff, and then M Theory like has a, a pretty set schedule. The um, the trade paperback for those first four issues you guys read comes out March twelfth, I think. And then um, there's a free comic book day edition that has 10 pages from the second volume that comes out in May on free comic book day, obviously. And then the series relaunches uh, in July and we run through the end of the year with it. And uh, it's crazy. It's got all kinds of like the new stuff in it that we wanted to do. And uh, now we can sort of start playing around with the alternate universe stuff and all that. So it's uh, that that launches 
the free comic book day is the first one. You'll get a, a, a sweet little taste of it on in May, but then whole thing kicks off in July. So we get the return of Roberta Puss? There are, I, and I can tell you guys this, um, this uh, in volume two, you're not going to see the Roberta Puss, but in volume three, and we actually, we got picked up for, uh, and the, you guys are hearing it all, we got picked up for a volume three based on the, the sales for uh, two, the, the trade and everything. So those guys have been awesome. They let us know that we that we got picked up again. So we started working for three and three has these um, baby Bertipuses, which are like the the baby Bertipuses before they've had the robotics installed in them. And you get to see where they're, where they're coming from. The, uh, the evil mastermind behind all this crazy mashup stuff's name's Pecker Frank. And uh, he, he gets revealed at the end of the, uh, of the issue. Uh, of the end of the second volume, they reveal his pecker at the end of the second volume. <laughs> it's pretty, it's it's damn close, honestly. Uh, we had to like scale it back a little bit. I was like, whoa, whoa, Lark, Larkin Ford is the series artist, and he sent over some things, and I was crying, laughing, but I was like, man, I think that is like too much pecker on Pecker Frank, honestly. Uh, like, uh, like, he's got a weird like bloody diaper that he's wearing. It's it's a disturbing image that uh, I think people are gonna kick out of though. That's pretty funny. And yeah, he's mentioned in issue four, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reveal. We laughed our asses off. We came up with Pecker Frank at like Heroes Con maybe like two years ago. It was like four or five of us sitting uh, at the lineup at the table for the show. And uh, we were just laughing about it. And I was like, I'm going to put that guy. That's going to be the name for the character in M Theory. And they were like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And then maybe a month ago, somebody sent me a link to comic vine where they have a list of comic book characters and pecker frank was one of them and it just made my day i was like yes pecker frank is officially a comic book character he exists uh, on on comic vine so so yeah he did he gets mentioned i was uh, in four and you see him a little bit at the end of volume two and then he plays a huge part in volume three which is called stuck in the tridale again and uh the Tridel is the the big place that God owns. They're like factory. There's a certain homage to kind of the uh, the old Shield aesthetic there with the Cloud Nine. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. That 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 whole thing. I love the idea of like flying fortresses, and um, and then Larkin and I both just you know kids of the '80s, so just toys were so huge back then, and we were like most of the vehicles we designed were like. I, that's the I would like that as a toy. Like I want you know that flying cloud nine thing. That would have been the most badass toy you know to have. So that a lot of that goes into the design for that stuff. We just sit there going, yeah, yeah, but wouldn't it be cool if it had these little detachable ships and that way you could put your figures in it? And then that's how all the stuff gets built. Yeah, the GI Joe aircraft carrier. Oh man, dude, I had it up until probably three years ago. Um, owned it. Uh, it. This is a crazy story. I'll keep it short. Um, I I have tons of toys. There's tons of toys in our studio. And we had had a friend who said, my parents had this house. Um, It was on family land when when I was little. Uh, We couldn't sell it because you're not allowed to sell the land. But we we moved out. And he's like, I think I left a bunch of my toys there Uh, just 20 years ago. He's like, you know, we should go back and look. The place is all overgrown. We'll go check it out. I said, hell yeah, man. Got in a car, drove out there. It took like an hour to get to the place. It's all overgrown, super scary. We get there at like dusk. 
and uh he got a key and we go in we go up the stairs or whatever and a couple of the rooms are empty he opens one room and there sits the the flag the aircraft carrier on the floor big as hell like mice living in it like you know <laughs> nest and stuff all over it it was gigantic it, i just sat down for a second i was like holy god man and uh so we disassembled the whole thing and my younger brother and i sat beside a bathtub and cleaned every single piece of it reapplied the stickers and glued stuff back on and rebuilt it and because we didn't have a place to keep it in our apartment he said just get rid of my bed and i'll sleep on it and we put a we put a, a sleeping bag across it and he would sleep on this fly on the aircraft carrier that was his bed and then he'd take it off in the morning and just have this giant aircraft carrier sitting in the room that's funny that's yeah funny, so Exactly. That was that was the holy grail of toys right there. Oh yeah. I think I knew one person that owned it. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, as a kid I wanted it so bad. My parents were like, Where are you gonna put it? I, like, I don't know, you know. So yeah, it was we kept it forever, moved it from house to house until it eventually just fell apart. There you go. That lasted a while though. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the mice in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It did survive. It did better with the mice than it did with us. We were rough on it. You, you are people. They're just there to take one of the nooks and crannies and make it a home. Right. They're just hanging out. We were staging battles with, you know, the Sky Striker versus Apocalypse or something. You know, we were just like busting it out, having these massive battles and breaking stuff. So, yeah, definitely. The mice were easier on it than us. <laughs> That's wild. I never had the G.I. Joe thing. No? No, I was too wrapped up in the Star Wars thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars was the you know the Death Star for me was the 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 little playset or whatever that was the big one from that one that I was like I've got it I want it so bad. Yeah, that was cool. Speaking of Star Wars, I mean you really can't see a good shot, but uh, the back part of my office here is full of Star Wars figures. Oh, nice. We are in we are in good company then. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, quite a few. Yeah, yeah. Is that a, it's a Mike Myers mask up top, Michael Myers? <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. Is that, that a Jason from space? Yeah, that, and it's signed by Kane Hodder. No! What? Oh, that was, yeah, that space Jason? Jason, that's badass. Yeah, that's from Jason 10. Yeah. Jason 10. Yeah. Jason X. Yeah, man, well, X10, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, no, we loved that one. Because um, we just loved them all, and we were like, man, we want to bring him back to Earth, so... A couple of my friends actually filmed one called Jason 11. I wrote a script for it. It's just like a 15-minute little short called Jason 11 where the mask comes flying back to Earth and they, like, fight here. We were just kids, you know, like, just, they went out and filmed it with a video camera. But, yeah, it was a huge impact on us. Yeah, I've got... That's pretty much how we do movies. Yeah, that's exactly how we do movies. I got a lot of stuff in cramming this little 10 by 10 space that's dude that's the way to do it that's the exact same way our studio is just like a little office and uh it is just absolutely jam-packed with toys art supplies uh comic books just wall to wall around the whole thing yeah well i, I couldn't fit all my stuff in here so a lot of it's still at my parents place oh yeah man use them as storage i got I have like just toys in uh, Tupperware up in the attic, maybe like 13 of them, like where I'll bring them down and switch them out, you know, every once in a while. That's pretty funny. <laughs> you had a, had a gathering, what, Friday? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was actually, um, we 
the two guys that uh, co-own Lost Story Studios with me, our art studio, uh, Bo Fader and Jonas Britt, uh, both had uh, art pieces in a show in Greensboro, a gallery called Childish Playthings. And you guys will like this because it was like you're supposed to take your favorite toy from when you were a kid and do some kind of like art piece on it. So um, Bo was heavily into Master Universe, and he did all three of Manny Face's faces on these big paintings that sat side by side. And uh, Jonas actually uh, makes toys, like creates toys from sculpting and, and found pieces and stuff. And he made a set of space ball toys. And it was like Dark Helmet and Barf and Pizza the Hut. And it's so amazing. And uh, Darth Helmet, you could actually cut on a switch on the back and his Swartz saber would light up and uh, had like a big hair dryer with him and stuff. So it was, it was super rad. That guy, um, his name is Jeff Beck, who runs that show and uh menace inc and they have little galleries there and so we were going up to check out all the stuff and and see how it went really cool little space lots of cool um of vinyl toys and stuff like that really oh, cool wow. yeah so that was our friday heck i might have to take a road trip yeah oh man it is it trip. is like super cool they're getting ready to have another one uh i think the pieces have to be turned in at the end of march called um found object i can't remember the name of it but basically what it is is you go to a pta uh thrift store uh yard sale buy a giant painting and then paint in like a kraken or something in the painting like you know coming out of it or whatever so you're, you're only allowed to use like you know a quarter of the of the space and you have to figure out some way to put a monster or something inside the thing I, paint. So. I uh <laughs> I, I do paint but not good uh I, I i've seen that it's like the thrift store thing yeah. And I've seen it on Reddit, and there's a picture. It's like one of those really ugly hotel pictures. Mm. And it's like a lady sitting there, and, and, and there's something going on. And then where the moon would be, it's the Death Star. Oh, that's it right there. That's badass. It, it, was, it was great. Get you, yeah, get you yeah. You copy of dogs playing poker, and you just put barf in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is awesome. I guess you could change yeah. the model and put, call it Mogs playing poker. Yeah, you just change the yeah, model playing poker. Man, you guys, that's it, man. Yeah, so that should be a fun show. And I think... Uh, both he, uh, Bo and Jonas are putting a piece in, and uh, another one of our friends who's uh, who's a little upcoming artist, uh, Alia, she's going to be putting one in as well. I saw uh, one of hers, and it was, um, it's like a cityscape, and I, th I think it's the ghosts from uh, Spirited Away, like up in the skyline or whatever. If you look, you can see those guys kind of like transparent coming around. Oh, that's and, uh, yeah, oh, and Jonas is doing... Uh, he found a big Mona Lisa reproduction, and he's doing it as they live, like the the, the, <laughs> the alien face or whatever. So you know, it's gonna have a little pair of sunglasses beside it that are hung on the side of it that you can like pick up. So yeah, that's cool. Should be cool. Should be cool. There's not enough they live references in the world. No, there hey, is. Man. They need to redo that film. No, they need to oh, put yeah. it back out again. Oh well, yeah, that'll work too. I'll do that too. Yeah, I'll go either we way redo on that. that film. <laughs> we should get someone good to do it. Why? <laughs> Unless you have um, IMDb credit. Yeah, that was. Those are pretty embarrassing, honestly. Um, they, uh, there. It's it's two films, and actually the second one. Um, Rodney Cecil, Psycho Hero. I was pretty. That that one's great. That one's like super fun. And there's nothing wrong with the first one, uh, Sick and the Dead. It, um, 
Yeah, they, they were just, uh, we got real lucky. It was like kind of on just the, the cusp of, um, of zombie films being really popular. And I had written one for a short film called Family that was like a little black and white short that got picked up uh, in Kentucky by the Kentucky Film Festival there. And the guy said, why aren't you writing full length movies? And I want to, you know, and so and I said, well, you, you, we just don't have, we don't have the money for it. And he said, well, let's work something out and ended up writing a check. And so I, I, we got a script done and I was like, oh my God, if we've got money, I want everybody to be in on this. So I was like, all oh, my friends help me write this. And uh, and so, you know, then arguments ensued. No, and this were so it is what it is. But it certainly helped me get my foot in the door because uh, then we were um, it got picked up. That movie got picked up by uh, Brain Damage Films and um, they we would go around to all the convention circuits. And that's where I started hanging out with all the comic book guys. And I was a lifelong comic book fan. And they were like, man, you know, why are you writing comic books? And I was like, well, I'd love to. Uh, you know, and so we started talking and that's how, that's how the whole thing came around. Sweet. That's actually kind of cool. You doing the yeah. concert circuit this year? Oh yeah. Yeah. Last year, just about kicked my ass off. It was like, I did, I think close to 30 shows last year. Cause I would do anything that would invite me. I was just so grateful to be invited to any, I was like, you know, it all come. So, uh, I pared it down a little bit this year, but still doing, uh, all of our favorites uh heroes con in charlotte north carolina is a huge one we love that one um the baltimore con we always have a super fun time at that one new york and san diego and what else is coming and then there's some smaller ones that i really just love doing there's the actual charlotte comic con which happens like every four or five months and we've grown with them over the years and and watched that thing just blow up and there's one in Asheville called the ace con that i love and we always do that guy and uh just you know i think i'm trying out maybe three new ones this year and i think i have it pared down to maybe 20 19 or 20 shows wow that's still a lot it's still a lot it is it is still a lot it's a fun time like you can't knock it sitting around all day you know signing comic books talking to people looking at cool costumes talking about your book doing panels and you know getting drunk and hanging out with everybody all night there's just there's no downside to that you know so so not knocking it it's i tried to sort of schedule it this year so that i wasn't away uh from my family as much my wife and my daughter so that they could come and see me or be part of the shows or they already had something going on so i think i think if i balance that out then we'll be set yeah there you go let us know if you, if you make it down for Dragon Con. Yeah, actually, and Bo, Bo Fader uh, went to Dragon Con this year. And um, the thing about Dragon Con for us is, and we have done it before, it is so cosplay-oriented that it's just as much fun for us just to go and hang out than to even uh, accept a table to, to whatever because it, it didn't we didn't have as big of a turnout for our stuff for comic book stuff because it, that the focus wasn't quite there but we have the best time in the world just hanging out at the place and like going to the to the hotels and, and seeing everything so I think we're gonna try to make the trip down this year and just go hang out. There you go. Well, you know, if you're going to come down, give us a hit and we'll uh, we'll come on down to downtown and meet up with you. Absolutely. We got to do that. And uh, and I'll uh, we, we can hang out, uh, raise a glass and then I'll turn you on to some beer moses that next morning. So <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. That might be harder than you think. You think, you think, but you're going to take one taste and you'll be like, damn, Brock, that is it. You're right, man. That's my new breakfast beverage. And I just didn't know. Now, Larry will be tweeting about it in two days. You watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are the greatest things ever. Woo! <laughs> Hashtag beer mosa. Beer mosa. Yeah. You can only do after two. You're like, that was great. I don't need any more of that. That's fine. They're definitely not an all day drinking thing, but it's a nice start to your alcoholic day. That, that would be the hair of the dog that bit you, huh? Mm-hmm. Or as we call it breakfast. At breakfast. breakfast. Oh, I got hurt bad on uh, Friday. I was so glad that it was not this morning, yesterday morning, because I was like, I, I was looking forward to doing this. Uh, uh, the podcast with you guys, but on Friday night, uh, we, uh, Tommy Lee Edwards lives here in, uh, in Chapel Hill. And so he was like, we got to get together and hang out and do some drinking and talk about, uh, he's got a new comic book coming out called Vandroid and I was like, hell yeah, man, let's do it. We'll take it easy. You know, uh, cause, uh, you know, he does he's not a huge drinker and, uh, he'll, you know, have a couple stouts and relax. A super cool dude. So we hung out with him, had a great time. The minute he left the studio, we got shit faced. It was just like, we're like, woo! Time to like hit the booze. Saturday morning, oh my God, I didn't feel okay until maybe three or four. I didn't even feel good then. I just, I, I was just like, I can function. I can like move off the couch. So it really is. Today is hair of the dog for sure. Like, uh, I was like, okay, okay, I'm ready to get back into it. I, yesterday, I abstained. There will be no, there will be no alcohol. I was like, I am, I did, did a little too much last night. I can't feel my feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, no feet. <laughs> You'll have to get the, the brewery running for a Dragon Con then. Did you have something to take with you? Oh, oh yeah, I, I want to taste one of those beers, man. I can have something to take with me anyway. I can brew it up. Heck yeah. My problem is we don't have any labels or bottles. Uh, I'll press them off. No, okay, thanks. Yeah, you know what? Just put it in a pint glass and put like some aluminum foil over the top of it, rip the rubber band around that, and then just bring it. That's perfect for me. I got kegs and party pumps. Oh, that's, you're speaking my language. <laughs> there it is right there. And a kegerator. And a kegerator. But yeah. I can't really carry yeah. that around with me. Mm. <laughs> you only have to carry it there. That's true. Somebody yeah. else will bring it back. No, yeah, yeah. Or not at all. You can do mason jars. That's the big thing now, mason jars. Oh, that's true. Yes. The Beer and mason jar goes flat, though. Yeah. They're clear. The sunlight kills it. We'll get some colored ones. Isn't that racist? <laughs> not in that context. <laughs> not in that context. It's like oriental. It's good for rugs, not for people. There you go. And food. <laughs> <laughs> Man, thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, no. It. Thank you for uh, even agreeing to do it, man. Absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, if we, uh, I'll, I'll hit you guys up for coming down for Dragon Con. Probably come down like on a Saturday or whatever. We can meet up and actually uh, hang out a little bit, raise a glass. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, I, I would love to, and I'd bring my wife down too because she loves that thing. So heck yeah! I won't bring her right on. She hates that sort of thing, <laughs> and she yeah. has a bunch of dogs to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you guys have a great rest of your morning. Thanks, man. Thanks, Take it easy. You bet. Talk to you soon. Yep. See ya. Yeah. Bye. Crikey, that was a super interesting episode. Brockton's a great guy and did a great interview with the fellas. If what he said about his comic has interested you, you can buy the complete volume one on Comixology. 
Alrighty, for Chris, Leary, Brockton and Harvey, I'm Tina saying thanks for listening. Oh. And that's how you hang up. <laughs> and that's how you turn off the recorder. Oh, break time. Yay! This episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast, has been brought to you by Vandages. Have you got dings, dents, and scratches? Then AR Products has got your new tool, Vandages! These are vinyl stickers that you can use to help fix those unsightly dings and scratches where you just can't afford to get a body man to fix it. They come in every color that can be imagined, and a few that shouldn't be. Also, if you're a funny person, they look like a plaster or bandages. Vandages! The plaster for your car! Auto-rageous.